Welcome to the Comic Shop Drop. My name's Toby Shaver. I'm back, as always, with my brother Dave. What up, Shavy D? Excited to be here, Toby. So we got some awesome picks coming up. We're going to break down our picks for, for the coming week of March 23rd, 24th from Marvel and DC, and also some special wildcard picks this week. So we're going to kick it off with the DC side of things. Shavy D, you got DC this week, so let's get it started. All right. Yes, I do, and I'm excited about it. Uh, all right, so for this week, DC, we're going to start with my print pick for the week. And you knew it. You knew it was coming. Teen Titans Academy number one. Yes. When I thought I was DC this week, I for sure was going to pick this one. Oh, I just, I, I mean, obviously... You know, not only am I totally stoked, but yes, I immediately thought of you. And uh, it just works on so many levels for me. Uh, first of all, I'll just go ahead and just read you the whole little uh, uh, advert, and then uh, I'll get into my comments. But uh, it kind of sets the stage nicely, so I'll, I'll just go ahead and read it to you. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Welcome to Teen Titans Academy, packed with both new superpowered teens and numerous dark secrets. Teen Titans Academy's student body includes Shazam, a new Australian speedster, a trio of goth-slash-gotham teen expatriates obsessed with Batman, and one member of this first class will become the deadly Red X. Original new Teen Titans, including Nightwing, Starfire, Raven, Cyborg, and Beast Boy, take on the role of teachers and mentors for superpowered teens. Their goal to shape the next generation of heroes. I love this idea. It is fantastic. And part of, I mean, I'll, I'll, at the core of it, why I'm so excited is anytime that group of five, you can get together, and especially, you know, in the pages of comics, because, you know, obviously... I actually just recently did a reviewing of the Teen Titans versus Teen Titans Go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it serves its purpose. It's funny. I mean, it, it is what it is. But, uh, um, you know, there's a, a few variations of that that group of five that I, you know, I've really enjoyed over the years. So to have them as the as basically the teachers of this new academy, I mean, it it just drips of the Xavier Institute for Gifted Gifted Youngsters, you know. So it's like right. just perfect meets, meets Hogwarts Academy. Oh my goodness, it's just awesome. I mean, it is it is all of the right um, just ways to connect with with you know, the new, not only, you know, new generation of fans, but just, you know, some new ideas, things like that. But I also like the fact that there's, I've always been a Shazam guy. Um, you know, anytime you can get some Gotham representation in there, but I'm also just a sucker for any kind of speedster, you know? So I, I they're kind of giving me the best of all worlds because, you know, again, you know, you give me that core group as the teachers of this, you know, new academy. You don't need to say another word. 
But then you yeah. go ahead on top of that and you like fill it with, you know, a young student body that I'm really interested in, you know, learning about with the tease of one of them is going to be Red X. Come on. Game set. And match. not only that, have it under, you know, because one of the reasons I'm I've been really embracing this whole future state kind of storyline. Everything you just said, and then add to that that this is almost an Elseworlds story in a way. I mean, it may eventually be tied into continuity. I don't know exactly how it's that a, works. But, you know, Future State is set up as just a, you know, it's a possible a possible future, you know, for these characters. And this is Infinite Frontier. So, um, like, I don't... Wait, are you sure? Yeah. I, I, thought, I thought Titans Academy was going to be part of Future State. Uh, I'm looking at the cover right now. Oh, well, I'm even more excited about it then. I love that. Right, because I do think... See, that... I had that wrong. All this time, I th- when I was seeing, like, ads for it and stuff, I thought it was tied in to Future State. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that you kind of almost have to have it either be in continuity or, you know, sit on its own, truly on its own, uh, again, to have, you know, kind of reunite the whole Nightwing, Starfire, Raven, Cyborg, and Beast Boy, you know, so I don't know. I'm just, I'm chomping at the bit, so I can't wait. I'll be there tomorrow picking this this bad boy up. Yeah, this is going to be great. I was very disappointed that I couldn't grab it when I went in there today. Yeah. That's that exact one. I went straight for it, and there was a sign not available till Wednesday. Well, and the nice thing too is it's a, it, it's at a you know moderate price point nowadays. You know, it's three ninety nine cover price, which is you know pretty reasonable from the last couple I yeah, picked up. I was kind of surprised that prices had gone up as much as they had. So uh, that is looks sweet though, which. I'm going to try to get that. The variant cover one. Oh. Actually, I'm looking. If this graphic is correct, it's not more expensive. I've noticed a lot of the variant cover ones are a dollar more. Um, okay, yeah. That, that, that would make but sense. this one on the cover, it still says $3.99, so maybe not. Good stuff. Um, Either yeah, way, dude, I would that pay, looks you know, awesome. I'm... Uh, I'm I'm kind of spinning right. I'm rethinking the whole thing because I thought it was part of the different continuity. But uh, yeah, I love that idea. I thought that was like the only way that they actually were getting like kind of the the OGs back together was by having it in the future. You know, because I thought that there was maybe too much other stuff going on with with those characters and other you know incarnations of them. You know, particularly Cyborg since he's kind of a Justice Leaguer. Now, but uh, no, this is cool. I, I, that makes me feel like it's going to be even more like nostalgic. Right. Well, the nice thing is, is that I think that they can go either way. You know, they could kind of let it sit in its own space as far as like time and place and just have it be almost like a timeless story in and of itself. Or it absolutely can easily be part of whatever continuity they want it to be because. You know, kind of like you said, or when you said the idea of them coming back together after, you know, when they're a little bit older, it kind of serves the same purpose as like, you know, one of the 
things that I always really enjoyed about the Xavier Institute in uh, X-Men was the fact that, you know, you know, obviously Aurora and uh, Logan and people like that would be around quite a bit. Um, but like all the time people were off on, do, you know, doing missions. So, you know, I would assume in this series, you know, there'll be times when you'll have the full five of them together, the staff, you know, but, but that won't always be true. You know, if, if within, you know, other storylines to make it work, they need to, you know, take, you know, Nightwing and Raven away for, you know, a month or two. Uh, you know, it's all so explainable and it's really something that could, you know, serve multiple purposes down the road. So I just like the idea of establishing a Teen Titans Academy. Oh, totally. Um, and my understanding you know, is that Starfire con- is like the uh, head, headmaster. Nice. As well. So that's going to be pretty awesome. Nice. All right. So what, what else do you got from DC this week? Excellent. So then moving on, um, I kind of just wanted to go ahead and go with the, the whole theme of, you know, not only starting new things. Um, oh, by the way, uh, moving on to my second pick of the week, uh, DC, Universe, Infinite, amazing. I know we say it every week, but we can't say it enough. Love the service. Love the selection. This week, again, to go with the theme, I decided to jump into Teen Titans Rebirth. Ooh, nice. You know my deep love for um, Damian Wayne. Yeah. I really like, you know, what they've done with him. I really like, um, you know, I have a super special part for the super, super, super special place in my heart for the Super Sons. But I really like this rebirth and you know the tie-in to his grandfather, um, the idea of him, you know, wanting to take responsibility, wanting to take the range, you know, kind of be the leader of this team. But obviously, you know, Damien's Damien, and it's always going to serve his purpose first. And you know, so the idea of him running a team in and of itself has me. But then. Starfire, Raven, Beast Boy. Then you mix in, uh, you know, uh, the second kid Flash, you know, Wallace West. Mm -hmm. Um, It's perfect. It is absolutely, it's just a great team up. And uh, yeah, I've been reading it as well. It's been an awesome kind of resetting of of that. I mean, I didn't, uh, I wasn't reading the stuff right before. Rebirth. I know you know some of the stuff in the New Fifty Two kind of went sideways, but uh, yeah, I've been loving it. And obviously, you know, I, I I haven't read every incarnation of the Titans, but you know, this one's certainly one that's very true to you know the the Titans that are my Titans. You know, and, and you know, the, hit the sweet spot for me. So, yes, it it really um, you know Damien in his own special way. Definitely, you know, can can kind of step into uh, the shoes of of Dick, and then uh, and then yeah. Other than Cyborg, you know, you have all that representation, and then 
what I'm looking forward to is down the road, you know, you start to get uh, some new and interesting Titans that I've never really read or, 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 you know, investigated before. So I'm, uh, there's things in this series that I, I am looking forward to as well, you know? So, I mean, it's so interesting, you know, when, since you're talking about DC infinite, it, it makes me think of that. It, it's so interesting now, like having, you know, obviously in, my younger days reading so many comics and just every week just you know consuming so much and then just going spans of years where I didn't really read anything and then even you know the years where I was it was kind of hit and miss and I wasn't really you know staying super close to it now but now like having all these services and these apps, it's like we have so much to go back and binge now. And it's like, you know, I, I kind of, I'm kind of glad in a way that I took all that time off because now obviously, you know, I would have spent way more money, number one. Um, but number two, now I can just read everything in order and, you know, not have to have the waiting a month. Cause that's the one shitty thing as a comic reader, as compared to, you know, someone who, who kind of gets their entertainment exclusively from like TV and movies is with comics, you know, they go pretty fast when it, it when you only get like one issue of a story in a month, I mean, you're really talking about, you know, maybe 11 or 12 minutes, basically. You know, I don't know, for me anyway. Yeah, there's definitely, there's truth to that. And then, and and then 30 days to wait for the next 12 minutes of that story, <laughs> you know. Right, right, for sure. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, one of the fortunate things is that, you know, being extremely visually driven, you know, I, I like to thumb back through several times. I mean, I'll yeah. reread it a couple times, obviously, but even just, you know, I, I, the art is such a important part for me. But the, um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I was just, I was kind of, my mind went to the idea that you had said about uh, there being a bit of a hiatus between, you know, when you were reading you know, quite actively. And then, you know, now that you're reading again and uh, yeah, along the way, you know, you always go back and read, you know, there's certain mini series or certain things that you'll go back and revisit or graphic novels. But, you know, that's one of the things that, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, that I've always enjoyed and appreciated. I always, I, I actually have some sympathy for younger people that have been raised to not have to wait for content. Yeah. Because, you know, there's something to be said about, like, when we were younger and having, when we were waiting those 30 days between issues, you filled it by maybe writing your own story or sketching some little designs or grabbing your brothers and going and playing you know batman and robin in the woods or like your Re reading uh, three or like, four different comic series <laughs> caught a couple cartoons you know like you know so like the idea of 
you know, it's what I've often said about, for instance, like Star Wars. I'm so happy that initially back then there was a lot of waiting in between. Yeah. No, you you're know, right. You make you a good point. Your, you know, um, there's just something to be said about digesting the material or whatever. So, so anyway, to get to come back full circle, to get to my point, you were saying about now loving the services and being able to jump in. That's, I, I love that myself because part of why I did fall off there for a little while was they were, I felt like they were rebooting too often. And now, I will be very interested to go back and read some of these series, um, you know, like the new 52 and, you know, different things like that, that I just have been curious about, but wasn't necessarily, you know, felt the need to, to have to jump right in. Yeah. And right now with uh, the current comics, Basically, the landscape really looking good. I mean, I, I, I'm liking some of the you know the diversity that they're they're putting in there. I'm liking the uh, uh, you know just having some stones to try some things and different stuff like that. And and yet being smart enough to to know you know, so much of the history and the tradition and, you know, what's got you there. So, uh, you know, so the future is bright and, and, and it's exciting and it's really cool that these services allow for you to, while you're, you know, uh, taking in all this new material, you get to go back and revisit some old stuff that, you know, whether you skipped it or just missed it or, yeah, or, or, you know, just want to revisit and, you know, kind of, um, brush up on the backstories of some of these characters. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And you know, the Marvel and DC editors are so great. Like I always have enjoyed in comics, how, you know, like if a character makes reference to something that happened, they might have a little, you know, footnote that says, you know, to learn what happened there, see Spider-Man yeah. issue number, you know, 124 or whatever. Now, when you see that, you can go back and, you know, you that's probably on the platform as well. So you can actually go check that issue out immediately. You know? Absolutely. Pretty soon, I guess the next step would be able to just, like, link, be able to, like, tap that and it'll add it to your list or whatever. So Yeah, I mean, the technology... What's that? Get on it, Marvel and DC. Yeah, it's there. I mean, it's it's. I know uh, Microsoft specifically has that. Uh, you know, because that's that was one of the things that they. I, I mean, obviously for well, anyway. Whatever. Anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. All right. So, what do you got so, for your wild card this week? So, back to my wild card pick. There's just a lot of good stuff all over the place this week. But <clears throat> what I was what really piqued my curiosity is uh Alien number 1 from Marvel Comics. Yes. It is uh basically it says the iconic cinematic terror makes its Marvel debut. Gabriel Cruz gave his life 
to Wayland Yutani. In the case of an alien attack, he barely survived, almost literally. Recently retired, Cruz is trying to patch things up with his abandoned son with the help of his friend, a bishop model android. Mm. But his re-entry into civilian life is not going smoothly, and his encounters with the deadly xenomorph are far from over. No one is safe, no one is innocent, and no one can hear you scream. Mm. Nice. So, now, this is just the first Marvel comic of uh, in the Aliens world. There has to have been, like, you know, independent ones, I, I would assume, right? I, I can't answer that definitively. I would certainly think so, just because it was so... Yeah, because I thought, didn't, like, you know, didn't it's been so big a- for so Aliens long. versus Predator and stuff, that all came from comics, you know, that was all comic books and everything, so... Um, that probably was just independent, maybe IDW or something. Um, oh, right. But, yeah, I guess, yeah. you know, if Marvel's taking over, that's probably not a bad thing. I'd like to see their take on it. Yeah, they do good work. And, you know, the um, like we've talked about before, you know, I mean, they've smacked Star Wars out of the park for fucking years and years, so... I'm sure they can do a great job with Alien and uh, some of these covers that I'm scrolling through are just off. Yeah, I saw some of that when I was looking at those. It looks looks like a good one. Yeah, so it's just I'm I'm super curious. I like horror. I like that uh, you know both DC and Marvel are trying to pump up uh, horror and they're trying to pump up magic and uh, you know those have kind of gone by the wayside a little bit while they've uh, you know really tried to you know uh, develop and, and and get all these uh, traditional superhero stories off the ground and they're and they're and they're having huge success and so now it's time to you know treat treat us fans to some of this other awesome material absolutely we all benefit from it you know it so all so right. So speaking that's of Marvel, on, on the Marvel side of things today, my uh, print pick this week is uh, Carnage: Black, White, and Blood number one. Now this is a brand new Carnage series. It's going to be looks like it's kind of like an anthology series. It's definitely outside of the continuity of what's going on in in Marvel. But I think like each issue is going to be a different creative team as well. And my understanding nice. with this is it's it's a like completely black and white art except for like carnage and then any blood that's in the pictures. Um, so if you look, I mean, I haven't seen any of the interior stuff, but I see like one of the variant covers that kind of has that you know color scheme, and it looks pretty sweet. So like visually, this looks awesome, and then. You know, again, as as I always say, I like to find things that I can read, you know, especially on the Marvel side that are kind of self-contained, you know, because I have a tendency to get lost in some of the, you know, historical stuff with Marvel. So I love the idea of a Carnage story that's just kind of its own story. And uh, this this first issue is by Al Ewing, Benjamin Percy, Teeny Howard, and Ken Lashley is the creative team for this first issue. So it looks pretty sweet. Have you seen this one? 
Oh yeah, I'm super excited. I Do you see that cover <laughs> I'm talking about? The one that's kind of black and white? Looks like he's almost on like a surfboard, it looks like. Or like a sword. Um, like the end of a sword. Oh yeah. Art, yeah. Art looks amazing. Yeah, it's like Silver Surfer. Yeah. Nice. So I don't know, but uh... yeah, it's a it's a great character because that's the whole thing, especially when when uh, you know, even I mean, in the comics it happened, but specifically, I think since the um, since the movies and stuff, they're gonna you know redeem Brock a little bit. You know, he's he's uh, anti-hero really, as much as he's a villain anymore. Yeah. Um, where Carnage is straight up a villain. Right. You know, he is a murderous psychopath. Well, that's the thing. The uh, fandom the fandom likes villains so much that we turn the villains into anti-heroes and then they have to, you know, double down and, you know, make the villain to the anti-hero even more, you know, gruesome and brutal. Right. And Carnage is uh is great because there's um you know, he was in jail. Uh, Cletus Cassidy was in jail, like with Brock. I forget exactly. I, I I'd ha- I'll have to go back and reread. But basically, you know, he gets. There's other siblings around the same time that Carnage is created. Um, so there's like a whole thing, and and the cool thing about the potential of these series is they could really be uh, potentially like guides for, uh, I was just talking to somebody today about the fact that uh, with Marvel purchasing 20th Century Fox and regaining the rights to Fantastic Four and X-Men, that the only one out there really now is, uh, is Spider-Man owned by Sony and Sony's not going to give them up. And not only that, but you know, they're going to, they've moved forward with Venom. They're moving forward with Morbius and other things like that. So they're creating like a spider verse, but potentially, you know, especially if you start, you know, going spider Gwen or, or miles Morales or, you know, how, whatever your, whatever route you're going to go with, with the heroes you know, not only are you going to need car- uh, like a Carnage style, but you're also going to need potentially, like I said, the quote unquote siblings. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So I, I some I, big uh, bads go, for the for the Spider team to. You know with. it. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait for a new uh, Into the Spider Verse animated film. That's that was so good. Yeah, that was fantastic. They got to be doing something else with that soon, I'm sure. Um, but anyway, so this sounds awesome. It says, you know, witness the cerebral chaos caused by Carnage, brought to life by some of the greatest creators at Marvel. So it's going to be kind of, you know, their their all star teams coming in for each issue of this. So uh, definitely keep a lookout for that one this week. And then on the Marvel Unlimited side, now. 
as we've discussed, I got a lot of blind spots in the Marvel Universe, so I'm trying to uh, take care of some of that. So what I've been reading this week is from 1991, the Infinity Gauntlet series. So, um, you know, I wanted to go back and see, you know, and for those who have, like me up until now, who had only, you know, seen the films and hadn't read the original stuff, if you thought Thanos was a douche in the movies, you know, he's even worse in these. So, um, you know, some major differences, obviously, to how things went down in the MCU. But this is a great series to see, you know, so much of the yeah. inspiration for that character. <coughs> and, like know, Deadpool. Yes, exactly. You know, that's a whole element. Just an amazing the part of story. it. And just, you know, Thanos's whole motivations are just completely different and... I don't know. Right. I mean, I, I was just a big fan, you know, through through those last few movies of, you know, we've seen that, you know, some of these films, they live and die on the quality of the villain. And, you know, we haven't seen many better than, you know, Thanos in the MCU. So this has been awesome to read. I'm not done with it. I'm about uh, three and a half issues in. There's six total, I believe. Um, but this is from 1991... I can't remember who the writer was. Art is uh, George Perez, one of my faves. Um, now I feel like a douche because I can't find the author's name. Um, but uh, yeah, it's on Marvel Unlimited, so definitely check it out. I've really been enjoying Marvel Unlimited, JVD. I mean, again, it's like not, uh, not um, you know, my wheelhouse, but I've loved being able to like do an issue here or there you know both of these apps have like the kind of character libraries you know where you can kind of like read the major issues that they were involved in and stuff and i've just found that super useful like oh, with nice, all these yeah. uh you know falcon and the winter soldier and wandavision and stuff you know anytime a character pops up that i can tell is significant i find out you know what their name is and then go on here and right. And kind of see what was up. Um, all right, I found what I was looking for. Um, Jim Starlin is the writer on it. Sorry, Jim. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, the... Uh, it's so funny because uh, I was just having a conversation at the bank today with somebody about... They were saying how their son, one of their sons doesn't like Marvel because he thinks when his dad was younger, he didn't like Marvel. And, you know, I just remember as a younger person, there were certainly people that didn't, I, I think almost didn't get Marvel more than didn't like Marvel. Um, I'm not referring to you. I'm referring, you know, whatever. Um, but the, there was a street level to Marvel that, that was, not as true of DC at that time, you know, in the, let's say, you know, I'm more talking probably late seventies, early eighties than I am late eighties, early nineties, like, you know, that the infinity gauntlet and such, but the, uh, you know, but the idea that Marvel oftentimes did a lot of, you know, dealing with uh, prejudice or drug abuse or, you know, different storylines like that. So 
when something like an Infinity Gauntlet came along and it was really cosmic and epic like that, it was really pretty amazing. And then kind of DC was a bit the opposite where you'd have these like just giant universe altering stories. But then occasionally they'd throw in like, you know, Hal Jordan's issue with race or, you know, or different stuff that, you know, that would get, or Speedy's a junkie. Get it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. You know, but they were more like, um, I guess maybe to, to, to cut to, you know, cut to the chase, it was almost like DC represented a little more of an idyllic type of life for the, for their heroes. And then they would occasionally, you know, something would happen, they'd slip up, you know, and there'd be a storyline with that where, you know, Marvel seemed to come more from a place of like, uh, you know, whether they were the reluctant hero or the, um, you know, just all of a sudden thrust into that. Yeah, it was a little more role. grounded and, you know, almost, almost gritty. Yeah, very street and, level. I, you know, almost a, a little less fantastical. You know, Peter Parker had, had rent to pay. You know, we never heard very much about, you know, most of the DC heroes are rich, number one. You know, and the ones that aren't, you know, we right. don't hear much about, like, their day jobs and stuff. You know, whereas Marvel was Absolutely. a little bit more reality based. Obviously, Infinity right. Gauntlet like, being like, the exception here, but yeah, amazing stuff though. It's just it's just amazing that both these services to 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 be able to dip into the catalog. We'll have to break like this that. one down. It's, Maybe it's I when I when I finish this one, this one might be a good one to, um, you know do a issue of back issues of um yeah if it's only six i i had forgotten that it was yeah, that it's only short, six so issues only i would six i would like to discuss well, that I'll, that's like I'll one episode so yeah why don't I'll you give re-read. it a reread and i'll let you know when i'm done with it and and we'll uh ha- have a chit chat will do um all right so all right that's my archival pick okay and my wild card for this week for HBO Max subscribers, we finally got Superman the Animated Series. So, um, I don't know why this one didn't come over right away. Um, it was one of the ones that they kind of dragged their feet on for whatever reason. Um, I think maybe it was on Amazon or something. But, uh, um, you know, this one's kind of a underrated show. I think it kind of... Mm-hmm lives in the uh large shadow cast by batman the animated series which is kind of its its predecessor but this is a good show i have fond memories of watching it you know as a kid but you know even going back and giving it a rewatch i mean the voice cast alone you know some of the actors that went on to do like some of the best of the dc animated movies this is where they started i think this is where we first got clancy brown's lex luther and uh dana delaney's lois lane and you know some of these people that have gone on to do those roles again but uh i mean come on clancy brown lex i mean that's the that's the animated lex as far as i'm concerned absolutely um so what are your thoughts on this one i know you 
you know, have a love affair with the Batman animated series, as do I. But, uh, you know, where does this one fall on your, you know, amongst all the shows and then the movies, you know, where is this kind of on the hierarchy for you? Well, it's, it is, you know, as much as I say that Batman the Animated Series is the kind of the ultimate representation of Batman, it, it still ultimately has a few missteps. You know, I mean, obviously it's this amazing series, but also for, for my money, you know, a, a little bit of the Denny O'Neill, you know, Neil Adams mm-hmm. influence, a little of the, you know, um, Dark Knight Return. You know, there's there's little things that have to make that character all that they can be. And I'll be honest with you, like, I can't believe I didn't use this as my wild card. I, I had, I had it kind of. Well, and, you know, and just for behind the scenes or whatever, I mean, that was why I asked you before we started recording. Normally, we don't really discuss our picks at all before we start, but I specifically asked because I thought this one might be yours and I didn't want to double up. Right. And it's so, but it, and it's so funny because I I was surprised that it hadn't already come over. I I hadn't noticed that. There's just, again, like I constantly say, there's just so much content out there, it's hard to keep track of it all, but I'm glad you brought this one up because not only do I just truly enjoy the series and I really do think they do a great job of representing the essence of Superman, like probably as much they do, they get to the essence of him as uh, Batman, the animated series does to Batman. So like, Right now, I'm visualizing. I remember there was a. Oh, maybe they were still running at the time, but if not, it was shortly after they they stopped airing. You know these two series. Um, but there was this amazing collectible where it was basically the Batman, the animated series version of Batman, and then Superman, the super you know you know the animated series version of him, as you know, uh, bookends. Mm, yeah. And I think that really is a physical representation of how I feel about this, this series, because it is ultimately some of the DC films, DC animated are, You know, obviously they're not ultimately the MCU in the sense that they're not Mm -hmm. live action. But as far as like just well-written, well, at least voice acted, you know, they really built and, you know, kind of crescendoed at, uh, you know, Justice League Dark uh, Apocalypse War. Um, But that's, you know, Batman the Animated Series started that and it went on to Superman the yeah. animated series and Batman Beyond and then you had Justice League and Justice League and Unlimited. Well, I think that's where and, this one you know, gets lost in the crack a little fabulous. bit. I think people, you know, a lot of people remember Batman and then definitely Justice League gets its gets its due and I feel like this is kind of the lost like in between show cuz it only had a couple seasons. It had like two and a half seasons, so it's not like it's 
I mean, Batman would. Justice League doesn't happen. Totally, this that, totally. This was the stepping like, stone. I don't. I don't think. Well, it's... yes, I don't think you can jump from Batman the animated series to a. Not only the tone of it, but I just don't even know that you even get greenlit. And if you really think about it, Toby, like you know how Batman the animated series, you know, has about a. Oh, I don't know. Whatever it is, you know. 65-ish episodes of, like, more of the, what I consider the genuine, darker series, you know, the, 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 the genuine right. article. They, they you know, started to, selling toys a little bit and later. Then, right, and then they, st- they go over to uh, the Batman and Robin Adventures, or whatever they called it, kind of at the end of that series, you know, it was... A lot of that animation style is, I see parallels and I see some of that embraced in Superman the Animated Series. Because what it is, is it it really is kind of the light to Batman's right. dark. And the light to that, the, the darkness of the series. Like, for instance, you know, the starting with the black background and painting on that, whereas that wasn't true in Superman. And, you know, it's, uh, it's just great. It, it, it's, what I mean, I'm, I'm just, what, what I, I, I remember too as a fan of this yet. one is this was the first really good dark side we got. And, you know, apropos to the fact that as we record this, it's Snyder Cut Week when we finally got a great live action dark side. Right. But this was the first on-screen dark side that was of any merit i mean the the only other one before this we got was and, the like the super friends um style which was you know i guess was a, a great start you know it was a lot more probably true to the original you know jack kirby kind of style but this is where we got to start to see like an actual story and got to see you know that relationship with superman play out and you know him as a as a truly worthy adversary of, of Superman. Right. And this one was so, because of the just amazing, I mean, Lex is ultimately, I mean, as much as dark side is awesome and fun. Lex done right. Like it was in this series is the best bad. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, but this one had just a great rogues gallery. You know, they did a good job with parasite, uh, uh, Metallo, you know, all those type of ones, uh, Lobo, um, um, you know, they did, uh, they did a good job. And then I, I really liked, um, uh, you know, not only like Perry White and Jimmy and, you know, all that, and the, you know, obviously the development of the relationship with Lois and the, and then the planet, you know, just all the, just all of the Metropolis stuff. But, you know, my love of Superman stems from, you know, my love of the Smallville, Kansas part of Superman. And they nailed yeah. Smallville in this. And, you know, so uh, yeah. it's a great series. And they nailed Lois Lane I, I, yes, as well. I, I mean, it's very like, underrated. If you talk about, like, I mean, the way we talk about things right now in 2021, if you, like, told 
you know, kid, like, hey, back in 1996, yes, there was a female character who kicked ass and was independent and, you know, did whatever she wanted, you know, in 1996. So, I mean, they were ahead of their time with that as well. Right. Because anywhere well, Lois Lane is, she's going to be a character, you know, in whatever media she's in. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah, that's just a hard one for me because, like, I just, I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Misogyny is alive and well and always has been, and it disgusts me. So I'm not discounting that. But, like, that's the whole thing. It's like sometimes I, you know, and again, I don't want to poo-poo it because it's not, you know, I, I, I want to encourage females in every way that can be. But, yeah, I mean, even, you know, like I'm, remember being a kid like in the seven like late late 70s early 80s and seeing well i mean that's the thing it's not it's not pooing it to say that anybody who thinks that there hasn't been strong female characters for a long long time has not been reading comics and watching comic related content you know over overarching throughout you know mass media it's 100 percent a true statement but if you're looking specifically at comic books and you know cartoons based on comic books you know they weren't perfect but there were strong female characters all over the place and always has been we haven't you know handled them exactly the right way you know looking through the lens of 2021 but you know they've been there and and the the effort's been there i think i i think so too i think that's a well said and i think that you know, one of the things, too, is that that's, that's what was beautiful about her is, you know, not only was she well-written with a great backstory, you know, Army Brad, all that kind of stuff that, that gives her that base of strength, but, you know, it, it you know, women, unfortunately, yes, in on certain levels were forced to maybe pick percep- per professions where they were able to exercise some of that agency and independence and stuff. And that's the part of the beauty of what's wrapped into the Lois Lane character is by being a globetrotting journalist, you know, she does have power. I mean, that's what's so lost on a lot of people today is the power of the pen. I mean, that's why the shenanigans that go on with reporters and the, you know, the enemy of the people bullshit that they fucking are trying to sell you. And both sides are trying to sell you on it. Don't make no mistake. But, like, that's what needs to be fucking squashed more than anything. Because that was so that what was so awesome and still is about the Lois Lane character is you didn't fuck with her right. <laughs> because she yeah. could ruin you. You know what I'm saying? So she did have real flipping power but nowadays journalism's a joke it's entertainment it's it's you know so even you know like no one has that you know people are losing right. that power. male female well, whatever so well if you're if you're uh, looking for a feminist icon from the 90s look no further than dana delaney that's all i'm saying Love, love, love Lois, and I love Dana. She was, she was, she's, yeah. 
All right, so lots of good stuff to consume this week, and dude, I'm I'm backlogged. You know, we've had to table discussions that we're gonna have next week on the show, getting caught up on Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Superman and Lois, and talk a little yeah. Flash. Got some stuff to talk about there. All kinds of stuff happening, Shavy D. Uh, yeah, I'm really I'm I'm. St- I absolutely just love the Superman Lois show so far. So I hope I really hope they don't trip up because they're they're doing great work and uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is pretty much what I was expecting. But just because I was expecting it doesn't mean it hasn't been very well executed and very good. So well, on next uh, week's show we'll be uh, catching up on the last two episodes of each of those shows. Um, so. If you're listening, go watch them because it will be spoiler heavy for sure. But until then, thanks for listening. We will be back next week talking about all of that and more. Till then, my name's Toby Shaver. I'm Shavy D. Thanks for listening.